Hello and welcome to the Pursuing Progress podcast episode 26, where we have honest conversations to help us fall forward. And in this episode, we continue our series in the Purpose Driven Life series, uh, going through the book written by Rick Warren, right on to day three. Uh, and it's titled, Who, um, What Drives Your Life? And I think for me, my, I don't want to use his title. So for my own title for this, I want to use, you know, who's in your driver's seat. Um, you know, we, you know, as human beings, we have things that, you know, motivate us and, and drive us to, to keep going. You know, when we, you know, we're after a certain, you know, say something that's really popular, just, you know, a particular kind of body figure, you know, we, you know, some of us use that to kind of drive us, you know, to, you know, to eat well, to sleep well, to exercise, you know, quite frequently and do all the kind of necessary things and take all the kind of necessary steps to be able to get to that goal. And you become very driven, um, towards that thing. But I think just overall in life, there's so many things that as you kind of talk to different people and get, you know, get to know them and, you know, get to know their story. There's, there's all sorts of things that people are driven by, you know, um, you know, by the way they live or, you know, how it kind of shapes the, the way that they view the world or the way that they work or find work or, you know, you know, of course, you know, as well as find meaning and, you know, as I, yeah, go through the, um, the reflection from day three, um, I think he, yeah, he highlights quite a few things that are very common among people and we'll kind of go through them. And I think, yeah, as I reflected and kind of read through it, I was just like, yeah, I think I had a kind of, you know, foot in each kind of category and it, and it's just really, um, really kind of, fascinating to to see and and realize and to have that kind of mirror put put in front of your face to you know to realize and have clarity um to to see that you know you have been driven by all these things and these things aren't particularly healthy and you know they drive you to a you know you know not particularly healthy place and so as you go through them i'm sure there are things that you know you can definitely identify with and uh for, for these things that he highlights and I, I identify really kind of i resonate a lot with with a lot of these things so the first one he goes through is like uh first example is you know are you driven by guilt um so you know if you've made a particular you know mistake or if you've made something that's you know been costly or been painful to other people or, or towards yourself um, or maybe a you know decision that you made that kind of made life seemingly kind of turn around for the worst, and you know those kind of decisions kind of haunt you, um, you know for the rest of life and kind of impact the people around you or, or your friends or, or your family and um, you know like life is really messy and people make um, you know poor decisions given the circumstances and like I I know people that have made you know, particular decisions that have impacted the family, you know, to this day. And it's something that happened years and years ago. And it's, it's a hard battle to try and, you know, over, overcome that. And yeah, to, to let go of that, because, you know, every day is kind of like a reminder of, 
you know, of that kind of shortcoming. And, uh, you know, for me, it, it's just, you know, been, you know, the, the headline for, for the past, I don't know, 10, 10 months. Um, it, like that's just been what <laughs> these few months have been all about. It's just this guilt and regret and trying, you know, my best to try and hide, hide the shame of it and, you know, try to, you know, find, find a way out and try to, um, you know, hide my, you know, hide my face away from it and trying to, you know, just, yeah, try to reconcile it, even though it's something you can't particularly reconcile because there's no way to undo a mistake. There's no such thing as a time machine, you know, just yet. And, and what that does is actually just, um, it lets your past kind of control your future. And that's, yeah, that's quite kind of self-damaging. That's quite self-sabotaging to any, you know, any chance or any opportunity that you have, you know, ahead of you or in front of you, you know, to be able to, you know, live well and live purposefully because you're just haunted by, you know, these, yeah, mistakes that have been made, but, you know, you've grown and you matured and you've learned from it, um, you know, hopefully, but, it's, I don't know, you, there's just things that just remind you of it. And it's, it's, it's haunting. It's like, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder in a way. There's, there's always things that kind of trigger some flashbacks to, to a mistake you made. And yeah, it makes you kind of relive all the pain and hurt that you've caused, you know, yourself or others and the people around you and the people that you care about. And it's definitely really crippling. Um, I, I wish there was a simple answer to kind of, you know, to let it go. Um, but it's, it's hard when you, you're just surrounded by things that will remind you of it. Um, yeah, it's definitely a tough battle, uh, tough mental battle for sure. And, um, yeah, you do need the help and support network and all the encouragement you need to kind of fight these daily battles. Um, but you know, it is something that, um, a lot of people have, um, gone through and, and it's such yeah, it's so, I don't know, it just kind of destroys your soul um, to a certain degree where, yeah, I think it just kind of makes everything foggy around you and you're just kind of imprisoned by it. And, and, and that's, yeah, and, you know, people make mistakes. We are human. We, we aren't perfect. And so, and, you know, Rick Warren writes this little, like, quote and I quite like these quotes that are quite like memorable because it's like little little nuggets of wisdom and it's kind of easy to remember you know he says like we are products of our past but we don't have to be its prisoners and so it's you know wordplay a little alliteration um yeah like the past does make us who we are yes <laughs> otherwise you know we wouldn't really be here um and but yeah we we shouldn't let it you know, be the bars that kind of create our, our own prison. And not that I know what prison's like and, um, you know, the, the stuff that they face on a day-to-day basis and the mental health battles that they, you know, have to face, you know, because that a prison is really just a kind of really objective and really obvious kind of reminder of, of, the, of the ramifications of, of your mistake that, you know, did, you know, dis 
that did disobey the law. And so I can't imagine, yeah, the mental battle that that is and where you don't have your freedoms anymore and you don't have your rights anymore. Um, and yeah, you, you, you know, you just are unable to live, <laughs> ironically, you can't live freely, um, in prison. Um, but yeah, like if you get what I mean, that was a very obvious, obvious statement that I just said, but, um, yeah, I think that's kind of the, the essence of it. Um, if you let guilt in prison, imprison you, like it's, it's, yeah, it's not a, it's not a good life, um, ahead of you if you let it, um, be your prison and you stay, stay in there. So that's just like one of many that he kind of highlights. Um, so just move on to the next one. So the second one is about like resentment and anger. And, you know, it, I think it was prevalent in, in my past relationship. I don't want to bring up too much about it because, you know, I want to move on and not to talk about it. But I think knowing kind of the pain and yeah, that I caused and uh, the pain that, you know, previous men have caused in my ex's, you know, family relationships and, and friendships and, and whatnot like that is, yeah, that harbored a lot of anger, a lot of resentment and a lot of, you know, like hate is a strong word, but it did harbor a lot of hate and, and it just altered her just expectations and, and, and like standards of men and just thinking, um, yeah, like all the prominent, you know, men in her life were this kind of scummy standard and, it just kind of breathes this really skewed view of, of everything. And it's really, yeah, it's really damaging. And it's something that it's a scar and it's a wound that is so, so deep, um, that it, it will take time and, and, you know, professional help and everything to, to heal and to make, you know, progress to slowly kind of move on and to let go from that anger and resentment. But it's so easy um, to, to hold on to it. Um, and you know, one way or another, it's going to manifest, um, through the kind of blowing up or kind of imploding, um, inside, you know, you know, when you talk to people and you mention some sort of topic and they just, yeah, they just kind of see red and they just, you know, lose their minds and start, yeah, becoming really angry because that anger has been bottled up for so long that it just you know, <laughs> explodes out and just, you know, it, it all comes out and you just don't know what to do. Um, you know, you, you feel like you haven't said anything particularly wrong, but you know, yeah, I'm sure you've met friends that, you know, I hate that people use the word triggered. Um, but you know, people who are genuinely triggered, like, yeah, a lot of it can be from holding on to a lot of anger and resenting, um, people or kind of members of the family. And, you know, it's a, it's a kind of mindset where you're constantly rehearsing like the anger when you're reminded of it and like inside you just get angrier and angrier and, you know, it just doesn't do any good for your stress and blood pressure and the way you view the world and, and your mood and everything just kind of gets dragged along with it and it's emotionally draining. And I think like the only way to go is to work towards kind of moving on. Otherwise you're going to be stuck living with that pain, um, much, much longer than it, than it needs to kind of live on for. 
Um, and you know, you have your life to live, you've got a purpose and you know, it, it's going to take work, but it's worth kind of putting in the effort to, to work, to move on because it's, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's really, really painful to kind of live with that. Um, and yeah, there's, there are people who just can't let go and it's consuming them from the inside out. Um, it's getting a bit dark. Um, but yeah, these are kind of really core things that a lot of people are going through and, and it's something to really talk about in the open and to be frank about, um, because it's so prevalent in people's lives. It's so prevalent that trauma can happen and, um, betrayal and, and hurt and pain can happen, um, between people and relationships that we need to be honest with these conversations so that we can address it properly so we can help each other kind of live well and live more meaningfully than holding on to this thing that's just consuming you inside. So the third one talks about, you know, uh, is, is fear. People are driven by fear. Um, I think this, yeah, you know, it happens through trauma, you know, experiences, or maybe your genetic dispositions. Um, and you know, you, like I'm someone who, yeah, is fearful of a lot of things. And, you know, I had a phase in my life where I was just listening to all these kind of motivational videos, um, from all these, you know, from people, from celebrities and business entrepreneurs and kind of gurus and, you know, successful people. And, you know, all of them will, will talk about this whole thing about, you know, overcoming fear, like Dwayne The Rock Johnson will talk about, you know, his story, um, uh, you know, wrestling with depression and, you know, and his, you know, concluding sentence is, you know, like on the other side of fear is something good. Um, and, you know, Will Smith talks about, um, he gave his speech about, you know, like skydiving and there's so much, you know, all this fear that you build up, you know, before skydiving, you know, what if it goes wrong? What if it doesn't go wrong? What if it, you know, it doesn't go right and parachutes all tangled up and whatnot. And yeah, like you, you create all these fears for yourself that really prevent you from taking different opportunities, um, you know, to really do well and have fun and enjoy, enjoy life. And, you know, it's that point where you, you know, take that leap of faith, you, you face your fear and then, you know, there might be a moment of panic, but throughout, you know, I haven't been skydiving, but I, I should one day when I've you know got the courage, but, um, yeah, he talks about, you know, when, when you jump out of the plane, there is that fear, but then, you know, after a few seconds, you realize, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, you know, a few ten, tens of thousands of feet above the sky and I'm, I'm flying and it's just this moment of bliss. And then afterwards you just want to do it again. Um, and, and like, that's like such a really, like, that's a really nice kind of metaphor for facing a lot of things in life that are, you know, causing us fear or we are creating fear for ourselves in. And, you know, it, like, again, it's another prison that we make for ourselves. But I think when we, you know, think about fears and stuff, like it's a heavy topic. Um, and you know, the current, the current way and current, current kind of gold standard to, to work through fears is like this kind of exposure therapy of, you know, gradually increase your exposure to a particular thing that you're scared of or fearful of. 
and then work towards kind of the main thing. And, and, you know, that's, you know, that's such a kind of commentary on, on kind of human nature that, you know, we need to face our fears and, you know, take whatever baby steps that we need to take. Um, you know, whether it's, yeah, little by little, or maybe you're, you're one of the pe- those people that can just, yeah, I don't want to say YOLO, but, you know, just jump out of the plane and just take that leap of faith uh, without, yeah, just minimizing fear as a barrier. Like, you know, congrats if you're one of those people. I think I'm one of those people that will take those baby steps first um, before just launching myself out, out of a plane. And, and yeah, like it's really, um, you know, it fear can come from like hurt. Um, I think one of my main fears, one of my deepest fears was, I think growing up was, you know, doing anything that, you know, resembled, you know, my, my dad, um, anything that resembled my father. And so I think I talked about it in a previous podcast about, you know, when I made these mistakes that, you know, paralleled what, you know, my dad did, like that just destroyed me. That was kind of, you know my worst fears realized, um, you know, I work so hard to try and prevent it and, you know, be this upright man who would, you know, change the family generation, family line, you know, and, you know, be this shining light of the kind of, you know, gen household. And yeah. And then I just make a mistake, the, the same mistake he did. Um, and I don't know, it just tore me apart and I didn't, know what to do with myself anymore I just I just lost it internally mentally emotionally and yeah like that like it's it's really difficult because you know you see objectively what you know my dad did you know having an affair and um you know being a womanizer and and whatnot and, and you know drinking a lot and and whatnot and it's just like well I don't want anything to do with that I want to be like anti that. Um, but because of my, like my focus and, you know, was so much on that and so much you know, fear of like getting near that, I think it, it was, it was just too much energy. And I just, yeah, lost the energy, um, to kind of approach this more healthily and to, to really, yeah, give me, give myself the space and, and the freedom and the grace to be able to be my own person and just work things out for myself and, you know, take responsibility, responsibility for my actions and not focus my life on, um, of what one person isn't, but just, um, yeah, like really being my own person and not being dictated by, you know, what someone else isn't. Um, but you know, it, you know, it brought me undone and I learned from that and, um, you know, still kind of picking up the pieces, but I think I'm, I'm in a better headspace now, which I'm very, very glad for. And I'm, you know, glad, you know, God has written out this, this kind of life for me. Um, yeah. So next one is materialism and this is, yeah, like straightforward. We, yeah, we see how people are, you know, really into collecting and hoarding kind of material things. Um, people are, you know, starting to collect like, 
you know, antique baseball cards and Pokemon cards. And I'm really kind of salty about this one because I had thousands of Pokemon cards back when I was little. And, you know, when I quote unquote outgrew them, well, I didn't really outgrow them, but <laughs> I think when I didn't really play with them anymore and I lost my Game Boy Advance. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, that's another sad story in itself. But yeah, like I had, I had thousands. I had kind of cupboards like drawers full of cards like neatly stacked and had so many like those rare cards and and whatnot um but yeah i stupidly kind of th threw them away <sighs> and now you know an original pikachu card is like 10k <laughs> ten thousand dollars um and anyway <sighs> try not to be upset about it but <laughs> um so so yeah like people are into like the you know the latest shoes and you know latest like fashion and you know people are looking to you know make the Forbes top 100 and you know it it is a very materialistic society and you know things have been shaken up a little bit with with covid and this whole pandemic situation but um yeah like that essence is is still there like you know the country's still worried about the economy and, you know, what to do with it and, you know, all the, you know, economic recovery plans and we need to make sure it works and, and whatnot. So, you know, the whole economy can run and the country can run and, and, and all that. And, you know, we want to, you know, make, make money so that we can, you know, have a nice house and provide for our family and, and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, like it's easy to see how people are, um, yeah, find comfort in, you know, driven by, you know, material things. And, um, yeah, it's an easy observation to, to make. Um, but yeah, but the thing is like that can all yeah, be taken away so quickly. Um, you know, 2008, the financial crisis that tore a lot of people's kind of, you know, meaning and core, you know, core being, core of their being out of them because uh, they were chasing all these material and, and wealth and, you know, in, in a moment it was just all gone. Um, and and that was, you know, was definitely devastating. Um, so, you know, from that it's kind of like, well, there's, there's more, there's definitely more to life than, you know, pursuing kind of materialism and, I think, you know, the only... And the book kind of goes through, yeah, all these things. And it's just kind of like, well, the only thing that can't be taken away from you is your relationship with God. And so, like, maybe that's worth kind of pursuing and investing in, um, yeah, to use those economic terms. Um, so another, another, um, another example is approval. Like, you know, trying to, you know, earn people's approval and, you know, it's... I've definitely been guilty of that and I've found myself out to be yeah, a bit of a people pleaser where, you know, someone else's happiness is, you know, much more important than mine. And, um, you know, I want to, you know, make sure that you know, my supervisors were happy or my mum or my, you know, mum is happy with, you know, who I am and, and friends and, and girlfriends and whatnot. Like I just do really stupid things to try and make them kind of in a happier place in a better place. And, um, you know, I, I take the fall and I just be like, you know, it doesn't matter as long as you're okay, you're good. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter about me. And, and yeah, like that's, that's exhausting. 
<laughs> that's super, super exhausting. And yeah, I, I'm sure you know people um, who are like that and you probably know maybe it's maybe it's you <laughs> as well. Um, and, and it's like, it's a nice thing, but I think when it's too much, um, it, it becomes quite kind of damaging to yourself and you don't give yourself time to, to work on yourself. And, and in the end you realize you can't please everyone. You're going to let people down. And I think the best way is to just tell the truth and be honest when, when you do people, when you do, you know, let those people down or you make mistakes just to, to not hide it and try to, you know, kind of sugarcoat the story. I think, you know, when worst comes worst, you know, telling the truth is the best, like the best thing you can really do. Um, it shows honesty and shows integrity. It shows leadership much more powerfully than, you know, pretending you've got it together and pretending you've finished a project or whatnot. Um, and so, yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's a world that, you know, wants you to work for their approval. You know, you work to try and please your boss in the hopes that you get a promotion and in the hopes you get, you know, you get a job or you get a, get a raise or, you know, you, you know, that's how you, you know, get by in life and and do well. Um, and, and yeah, like it's hard to kind of resist that. Um, but, yeah, like we know deep down that it is not healthy. It's not, um, a great thing to be doing, um, constantly. Um, and so there's something else that we need to, yeah, look deeper into, um, so that, um, yeah, we can kind of live more healthily, um, yeah, for ourselves and for other people. And so, you know, those are kind of very kind of big concepts and big kind of things that people are driven by and, and people that people live for. Um, but you know, at each, you know, when you, yeah, when you look into it a bit deeper, you just like, yeah, these run into dead ends, like yet again, um, you can collect all the material wealth you want, but you know, you might, you know, get hit by a car the next day. You might, um, you know, we might have another recession and another, you know, financial crisis. Um, you can earn approval, you know, each day, but you know, you're going to be exhausted and you're going to let someone down and that's going to, you know, from the smallest of mistakes, you're going to like amplify that and just feel rotten and you feel like you've failed as a human being because you haven't pleased like one person. Um, and yeah, it's, it's not a easy life to live. It's, it, just kind of leads into like this really busy life of trying to get everything together. But, you know, you, you're, you're human, you're not a robot. You, you know, you have things that are more important and, um, those important things that maybe you're neglecting. And, and so it's something to really think about uh, when it comes to, yeah, like what is your main purpose and what's your main driver? Um, and what kind of informs, uh, what, yeah, what provides the fuel behind the things you do, um, you know, whether that fuel is going to keep you going, um, for the rest of life, or is it just going to be, you know, a matter of years before it kind of dries up and yeah. So you, 
So Rick kind of puts this quote of, you know, the greatest tragedy is not death itself, but but life without a purpose. And and that's that's so yeah, it's true when you think about it. Uh, when you think about you know, you can live life long. Um, you can live you know to your ninety, or you can you know become a centurion and you know get a letter from the queen and. Um, and maybe you haven't really done anything with those hundred years. And the feeling that that would be, would be, would be devastating. Um, and I think like I've visited like aged care facilities, you know, like years ago, um, before COVID, I, <laughs> I don't want to really go there, um, at the moment, but, um, yeah, like years ago when I visited, it was like going to the aged care facilities are just kind of, I want to say depressing, but it's just really sad to, to see, um, you know, the level of treatment and, and whatnot. But I think just seeing kind of the level of like regret uh, on people's eyes and, um, the kind of, I don't know, just how dull and how kind of idle, um, their lives become, um, and, you know, we've visited people and, you know, they just kind of sit or just lie in the bed, um, until they, you know, or just sit in the chair and just look outside until, you know, the bell is rung for, for lunch or for the next meal. And then they just go back and, and just go back into the room by themselves and just look out the window until, you know, the sun comes and, you know, gets dark and then, you know, go for dinner, eat it, go back and then just repeat day after day. And that's, I don't, I don't know, is, is something really gut-wrenching about that, that that's, you know, that's the kind of life they've chosen to, to live. And, and it's, it's hard to see. And I'm sure there's things going on for them, you know, whether it's, yeah, a mobility issue or kind of medication or, or whatnot, um, that's limited to them kind of living life like that. And I don't know, it, it is, yeah, like it is such a tragedy that they're going through life just, you know, quite monotonously. And, and yeah, I think we need, we do need a purpose that will serve us, you know, for the rest of life, you know, when we are retired or maybe we are in an aged care facility or when you live with our, you know, kids or offspring, um, depends which culture you're a part of, but, um, yeah, we do need to find a purpose that will sustain us for, for the entirety of our lives here. And, you know, when you're retired, when you're, you're no longer working like materialism isn't going to be be a thing like approval might not be a big thing anymore maybe you might be you know still overcome with guilt and maybe you might be holding on to anger and there might be fears in your life but there's nothing that you know you can really actively um kind of do um at, at that point because it's kind of like i don't know um like you want to be able to do something about it. Um, but I think when you're in an HK facility, your options are limited and, um, and yeah, I just need to, I think, create more programs, create more kind of, you know, funding for, 
you know, people in aged care facilities to to be involved in you know, activities and, and dance and, and whatnot to kind of, you know, enjoy life and express the joy that, yeah, is there to be lived and, um, yeah, to be, I don't know, told about a message that will, you know, give them hope um, and, and a purpose that will sustain them. And, you know, for, for a way to, you know, let go of the guilt or anger or resentment or the fears that they have. Um, and, and yeah, I think this is where it all kind of points down to, you know, this is God's promise. This is God's purpose for you. Um, like God has a purpose for you and it's, and it's not this, um, it's something, it's something greater and something that, yeah, has like eternal kind of implications. And I think it's worth kind of listening to and, and, um, yeah, and working, working hard to work it out. Um, and so, yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth a look. I think, yeah, after seeing what everyone's kind of chasing, it's, it's hitting dead ends and, um, here's God's purpose, um, with an eternity in mind. And, and so like what, what the book kind of goes into is, you know, when you have a purpose that will be, you know, fulfilling on this kind of eternity, internal kind of basis, like what it's going to do for you is kind of, you know, firstly, like simplify your life. It's going to help you give, give some definitions of, you know, what to do and what not to do. That makes um, a lot of kind of, you know, choices and decisions easier. Uh, when it's a black and white issue, you can, you know, work, uh, get the answer quite quickly. And when there is nuance and, you know, this is where you have discussions with other people who, who also, you know, believe the same thing and, um, and work it out together and consider what's wise because, you know, not everything's black and white and we need to acknowledge that and, you know, work hard to, you know, on a case by case basis for sure. Um, and, and see where it goes from there and, you know, find wise people, find people who, you know, have studied the Bible for a bit and have lived and have some, you know, experience and wisdom to share. And, you know, when you, when you know, you know, when you know it well, when you know the Bible well, and you've lived in community long, you know, you can easily ask yourself the question, you know, is this aligned with God's purpose for me? And if it falls, you know, really strongly, yes, go with it. If it says no, um, then you, you say no, obviously. And then if it's in the middle, um, hopefully you get better with time to kind of decide for yourself and work it out yourself as well. Um, and so, yeah, it will help you to say no to more things. And so, you know, that will kind of eliminate the problem of trying to do too much and saying yes to too many things and, you know, trying it out. Um, and, you know, taking all your energy and time <laughs> as a, as a kind of consequence. And so it's really important to, to simplify it and not to burn out and, and to be involved in too many things. Otherwise, um, you just wouldn't, you just won't be productive, um, as a person. And so the second thing it does is provides focus. Uh, so when you, when you kind of iron out all the things that you, you say yes to that are in line with God's purpose for you, you can concentrate your energy on that. You don't need to waste it on something that's irrelevant to you. You don't spend time worrying or having fears and anxieties about things that are outside. 
um, that that purpose. And, you know, he he provides this little, like, another quote um, that's quite kind of easy to remember, you know, you you can be effective by being selective. And, and yeah, there's some truth in that. Um, you can't, you know, focus 100% of your energy on, you know, 200 different things. Um, you can focus on two things and do it really well. Like, triple down on, you know, what you're, you're good at. Um, and, and, and go, and go from there. Um, like he quotes this guy called Henry David Thoreau, who, who says, you know, us as human beings, we live lives of quite desperation or in other words, like aimless distractions. So we're always focused on one thing and then five things pop up and then we have to address those five things. And, and what that kind of highlights about who we are when we're so kind of chip choppy ship um, when we chop and change a lot is yeah we lack a focus and we lack a purpose in life we're not we're not so kind of um, firm on on a particular thing we're just kind of wishy-washy and and that's not a great kind of description for anybody um yeah to be labeled wishy-washy um you want to be known as someone who's focused who's disciplined and who's um you know self-driven and those are really positive attributes that, that you want for yourself and you know what employers are looking for. So good skills to have. <laughs> and so the third thing that having a purpose does is, yeah, it motivates us. You know, when we have a purpose, you know, that turns into, yeah, that turns into a passion. And, you know, we're always searching for passion. It's something that keeps us going and uh, we can enjoy it. And we, yeah, we can, you know, not, not see it as like work. Um, as, as some people get to say. <laughs> and so there's this writer, poet, I think writer, George Bernard Shaw, who wrote, you know, this is the true joy of life. Um, the being used up for a purpose recognized by yourself as a mighty one, being a force of nature instead of a feverish, selfish little clot of elements and grievances, complaining that the world will not devote itself to making you happy. Um, and so the full... So the fourth thing is it'll prepare you for eternity uh, because, you know, uh, we, you know, us as humans now, we work so hard to try and, you know, a lot of us, I've heard of, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, wanting to leave behind like a legacy because that's, that's the only thing that will, that you will leave behind um, after you, you know, you're done, you know, with your time here on earth. Um, you know, people want to, you know, build like an empire. They want to um, instill solid principles in their kids. They want to, you know, have statues or, or something that can commemorate them of their achievements and, and whatnot. And I think that's all good. Um, they're all good things to kind of pursue. Uh, but I think the thing is, you know, like how long is it going to last? Like, you know, unless your, your family is just really good and they've got solid traditions that, that have lasted hundreds of years of kind of, you know, keeping records of the achievements of every member of, of your family. Because I think one question that someone, I think, talked about or asked, asked me, or I think it was a question at a seminar was, you know, like, who of you here, like, know your great-great-grandparents? And yeah, yeah, it was, it was a... Um, yeah, I was a speaker at a conference 
And like, I think only like a handful of people in a room full of thousands of people, like put their hands up and yeah, like that really highlighted a point of, you know, you're only like a few generations away from being forgotten, um, here on earth. Um, and, and that was just really kind of humbling image to, to see and yeah, to kind of have it kind of illustrated like that, like your earthly achievements will, you know, just vanish and be forgotten about even like your name will be forgotten. And, you know, my under nines soccer, like best and fairest trophies, like broken and smashed. And, you know, there's probably no record of it anywhere. And, you know, it was such a like crowning moment for me as a nine-year-old and, <laughs> and it just means nothing, you know, what, like 18 years later. <laughs> and, you know, given enough time, all our trophies are going to be trashed and thrown in the bin. And, um, you know, for me, like, you know, I'm working towards being really proud, um, you know, of the two publications that I have, um, you know, one from my thesis and one, um, one other article, but, you know, I read this article that said, you know, over 50% of articles are only read by the author and the editor. And, and that's depressing, (laughs) you know, like there's millions and millions of articles and, you know, there's tens of thousands that get published every day or every hour. And, (laughs) and so that's, that's been really kind of interesting thing. Cause I was like, Oh, like if I have written work, like that's, that's like me living my mark and, you know, me being a part of history and ha ha ha, that'd be cool. Um, but really like, it's really nothing. (laughs) Um, and it's important to kind of see it that way. So, you know, you don't get too ahead of yourself. Um, but yeah, like that's a really kind of humbling and sobering kind of illustration and perspective, um, of that. Um, so yeah, that gave me kind of lots, lots and lots to think about. And so what, what kind of, uh, Rick, Rick Warren does, um, in kind of summarizing it all, um, you know, we understand that the earthly things that we pursue just have so many dead ends and we know that God's purpose is, is eternal and he'll have, and he summarizes by saying, there are two questions that God will kind of ask you at, you know, given your life, you know, one, like, what did you do with Jesus? Cause Jesus himself said, you know, he's the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So what did you do with him? Did you, you know, put your faith in him, you know, trust in the gospel and trust in, uh, yeah, the good news that Jesus died for you and reconciled this relationship with God. Um, so that, you know, we can be in that loving relationship, uh, with God that, you know, we were created for, and that was our purpose. Uh, that we were created for or you know did you reject him or you know didn't even think about him and and whatnot and that's you know the first and very crucial question that um yeah will be asked and then second is you know what you did with your life that he gave you you know did you waste it did you just throw it away did you just indulge in all these earthly pleasures and you know what did you do with your talents and resources and support and gifts and and whatnot and so you know where your faith is and 
Um, like what you put your trust in and what drives your purpose and you know what gives you meaning is is a really important thing as well as what you do with your life like those two things are so major that you need to be clear and to have clarity around because those are huge questions to answer and we need to you know work hard to you know have a good answer um, for it we can't just be like i don't know (laughs) um you know if anyone has taught kids um to some to some level um yeah it is frustrating when there's like oh i don't know i don't know um and yeah like we want to be able to answer with something you know good decent um some sort of solid effort and and so yeah like those are huge questions that yeah i need to kind of ponder over for for long time um, because if I was to give an honest assessment of how I would answer those questions, those two questions, like given the past few months of this past year, I would probably go along with something like, I don't know, in dot points. Um, question one, what I did with Jesus, pretty much, I think I've just ignored him. I've put him in the bottom, um, of my priority list. I've chosen to to live my own way, solve my own problems, um, not ask him for help or guidance or, or trust that, um, you know, he is the way, the truth and the life. You know, I, I turned away and, you know, he he was there with open arms, you know, openly invited me to, um, yeah, to come back, you know, after, you know, living my whole life as a Christian, growing up in church and knowing that, you know, knowing about Jesus and what he he's done for me on the cross and the, and the gospel and, you know, the, the work that he did to reconcile me back to God and to have my sins forgiven. And, and that was all done out of love and, and it was given to me by grace. And, you know, when I needed him most, I just probably just spat in his face and walked the other way. That would probably be, my honest assessment of the past few years and it's led me to make those stupid mistakes and hurt all the people that I have and hurt my, you know, you know, ex-girlfriend in, in kind of the deepest way possible. And that, that, that's honestly my answer. I can't, I can't hide from it. I, I can't sugarcoat it. Like that's the frank answer. And, and God knows that about me. He knows that I've, gone astray gone you know fallen off the tracks this far um and yeah like you know i can't sugarcoat that otherwise he's he sees right through it and the second one second question what have you know what have you done with your life what have you done with the you know skills and resources and gifts and strengths that i've you know i've given you (laughs) well god i've wasted it you know, you've, you've put me in, you know, a really loving family, although it's, you know, separated. I have a mum that's given everything for me that loves me unconditionally. I have a roof over my head. I'm, you know, I've been blessed with friends and have a church I've been at for 18 years. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've, you know, mainly been healthy. <laughs> um, I haven't had any major you know, illnesses or, or surgeries or injuries that have, 
you know, altered me too much. Um, you know, I've let fear and guilt cripple me. I've let, um, just, yeah, my negative thoughts of myself, um, just really stop me from living. Um, I, I've had times where I've hated myself and wanted to end my life. Um, I've, you know, made costly mistakes that have hurt people and I just cowered and just retreated into a shell and think I didn't have any hope for myself. I hated myself and, and because I hated myself that that was, that was a comment on, on how you made me. That was an offense. That was an offensive thing to say to you because, you know, the Bible said that, you know, I was created fearfully and wonderfully that you knew me and you appointed me at this, this particular time to live in this era, to have all that I have. And I decided to, to waste it and indulge and indulge in earthly pleasures that, you know, displease you and that you say that are against the way that you've created us for. And, you know, I've, I've said sorry for them. I've asked for forgiveness, but in the end, I, it just becomes so tempting and I go back and, and do it all over again. And, you know, these cycles have made me so, you know, guilt ridden and, and ashamed of myself. And I just lose further hope and I'm, you know, I get even closer to giving up. Um, and, you know, I had a solid, you know, relationship with people at church. I've been there for 18 years. I had such a great thing. I had a great relationship with this beautiful and wonderful girl that, you know, is your daughter. And I hurt her in the deepest way and have probably done so much damage that it's hard to even think about reconciling. You know, I've lost, you know, I had so many great friends um, that of, of, you know, great character and great, you know, yeah, of just great character, great people. And I've pushed them away. I've, <laughs> I've cut them off because I was just in, insecure about myself. I didn't love myself. I, yeah, I was so negative with my life and I, yeah, <laughs> And that's all I, I can say. I can't sugarcoat that either. Like that's the honest thing I can come before you and, and say. And so and so going through this has yeah, further been just this sobering journey. Um to yeah, to kind of go through and yeah, just get clarity and and just opens you up for this just moment of, you know, humility and, and vulnerability of like, I've, I've really messed up. Um, you know, I, <laughs> I had everything I needed, you know, to, to live life well and driven by a, a good and pure purpose. <laughs> but I just threw it all away and, and went my own way and just, you know, did stuff I regret and you know these mistakes are constantly being reminded on the on a daily basis and it's just wrapping myself in in guilt um 
And so, yeah, I, I know it's getting a bit personal and thanks for staying with me on this, but um, yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a moment I ha- I'm having now and just, you know, saying it out loud and, and reflecting on it. And so knowing that this is the case and knowing where I need to be, like this, this comes the kind of big decision of like, well, this is your current situation. You know where the ideal situation is, you know where the goal is. Like, so what's, what needs to change to get you there? Because we know like more than ever, like if you continue to do nothing, nothing will happen. And so something needs to change. So you need to work out the why. Like, why do you need to change? Why it's important that you need to change, you know? It's, it's a question you ask a lot, of, a lot of people in, you know, in health and, and whatnot. You know, what is the core reason that you need to change? You know, and then how are you going to go about it? And then what, what does that involve? So the why, how, and what? So these are all kind of personal things to, to work out and I'll be working them out in, you know, in my own time and personally, because um, yeah, it's, it's kind of individual to me and only helpful to me if I just, yeah, keep it to myself. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, if it's something that you need to consider, then yeah, think well, any, for anything, but you know, just in particular for the things we talk, just talked about you know, the why, how, and what, um, are really core questions to, to answer about, you know, anything that you do really. Um, and so that, you know, when you have those worked out, clarified, what that's going to create is, you know, you're going to find the discipline somehow, uh, when, you know, when you understand your why and your how and your what, you're going to create the discipline for that behavior because you know you're so clear on why you need to get to that goal or get to that ideal place. You're going to grow in love, love for yourself when you're able to achieve things and, and um, yeah, it just kind of creates momentum and you keep motivated, um, helps you to love others and, you know, love the people around you, love your significant other. It's going to produce like growth and further maturity and that's going to make you function better as an adult, um, as, as I've come to, to know and to learn, you know, as of late. And, and those are things that are worth you know, pursuing, pursuing progress. Um, and yeah, it's such a big question. Um, these are big questions to ask and to work out the answers for. Um, but this is only day three or 40. This is, this is mad. I've <laughs> been watching a lot of UK YouTubers and they're like, this is mad. Um, but yeah, I think it's something worth thinking about, uh, for sure. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm left with so many things to think about and questions to answer. Um, yeah, this could go on for hours. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I, I do need to yeah cut it here because it is getting to 55 minutes. Um, and yeah, so thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening um, to this. Hope this has been helpful um, in yeah providing a bit of insight and, and perspective and um, yeah, to give certain, you know, different questions that 
you know, are so necessary to ask and to, um, to be asked, you know, during life that we don't really ask them, you know, often enough, um, to really, you know, really evaluate, you know, where we are in life and where we're headed and what's driving us. Like, that's such a big, big thing that we just don't really talk about openly. And, you know, a lot of us miss out (laughs) on that. And we just go about life, you know, in that quiet desperation or that ain't kind of aimless distraction. And we just, you know, we're just not focused. And we just go about life day to day and just let the days go by. And in the end, we just feel busy. But in the end, we don't feel like we've done anything or achieved anything. And I know that feeling and it, it's quite sickening. And I don't know, knowing my experience, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you will experience that as well. Um, but, you know, God has his purpose that, you know, is, is steadfast, you know, being reconciled back to him um, through believing in Jesus. That's, yeah, such an incredible purpose. Um, and yeah, like get a Bible, you know, I'm sure you have Christian friends, like talk to them, ask them about it. Like, it's just this wonderful hope that we have, uh, this eternal purpose that we have that, yeah, won't drive us, you know, insane, uh, trying to chase to a particular dead end. Like it's something that will, yeah, that will sustain us, uh, for the rest of time. Uh, for the rest of our lives and definitely look into it if you haven't uh, before and like it's yeah it will be eternally worth it (laughs) so um hope you've enjoyed i hope you've learned a lot um as you as you yeah share my journey as i kind of go through and kind of reflect on all these things um yeah, feel free to kind of send me any feedback, um, of things you've learned or or whatnot, but, um, yeah, like happy to hear from you and yeah, hear about your journey as well. Um, yeah, I'm happy to listen and and be encouraged. Like that would be such a, yeah, encouraging thing to, to listen to. And yeah, I'm all ears if you're, yeah, happy to chat, but, um, yeah, I'm sure you're busy with life and, um, hope you're all keeping safe and, and healthy and, um, yeah and kind to everyone as always and and loving towards yourself and and to other people and so i yeah thanks again for listening i will see you in the next podcast for day four Uh, until then i will see you there in love and peace bye